Hey, everybody. Welcome along to another episode of the Tax Industry Talk podcast. This is the pod we bring the tax industry together by chatting with thought leaders, disruptors, and experts from a wide range of backgrounds and roles. We pick in their brains, and ultimately, we'll all be growing together. I'm your host, Ian Gardner of Sigma Tax Pro. Thank you for listening. Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but since it's summertime, I know a lot of people don't want to think about their tax business. But this is actually the best time to be preparing for next season. While your competition is sleeping, you're out there gaining knowledge, setting yourself up to succeed at an even higher level than last year. As we talk about in almost every episode, this is not just a four-month-a-year job. But if you really want to be successful and achieve the financial freedom that probably brought you into this profession, then you need to be putting in the work 12 months a year. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at taxindustrytalk at gmail.com or find us on all social media at taxindustrytalk. If you like the show, you want to support us, please give us a good rating on the iTunes store or wherever you get your pods. It really means a lot and I appreciate it. Now my guest today is Kerry Shields. He's one of the founders and former president of the Refund Advantage RT program. Refund Advantage was recently purchased by MetaTax and Kerry served as president there as well to oversee the transition. Once he was sure he'd passed along all the ideals and values that made RA such a good RT program, he stepped aside. We're going to be talking about knowing the actual value of your business from someone who knows what they're talking about. And we're going to do that by going over specific points that you should consider. These are fundamentals. Once you have this part down, you'll be able to better allocate resources to grow your business. And we all want that growth, no matter what your end goal is. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right. So, hey, Carrie, thanks for being on the show with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. So now, Carrie, as we were just talking about in the intro there, uh, you've stepped away from the industry to take a bit of a break. So can you tell us what you're doing with all that time that you've got? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I've been uh, a musician, wannabe musician for all these years, and and I've been writing songs throughout the period of um, working Refund Advantage. And so while I'm in a sabbatical sort of moment, I'm working on getting the songs that I have recorded, uh, getting them pitched in, a, in an effort to get placement for the songs, and uh, which is, it's, uh, it's a real interesting learning experience. I mean, uh, writing songs is something that I've always done, uh, but trying to look at songs as a uh, commodity and trying to figure out how you pitch them it's um, it's really interesting. There's a lot that I can learn, and it's mm. uh, it's impossible for me to not do it and make comparisons to the industry that I know, which is the tax industry. You know, the the songwriter is very much like the tax professional. You know, and then there's all these tools out there to help you get better, and the end result is trying to get you know those customers that want your services. And f- so for this, it's my songs. It's interesting, but that's what I'm mostly working on. That's yeah. awesome. And if somebody wants to uh, to get access to your musical services, there, how can they how can they find you? And hey, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have a website yet, just because I didn't really feel the that it was the appropriate time to have one. I don't have enough uh, content, but uh, I do have a music page on Facebook. So if you ever use Facebook, you can look for Carrie Shields Music. And uh, you should find it. You could look for Carrie Shields on iTunes, and you can find uh, my EP that I released. Uh, you could also look at Carrie Shields on CD Baby because the two are connected. So awesome! And I think that's a that's a good point that you made too. Is that a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners can relate to having that that second passion, you know, aside from taxes, which we all do love, you know, deeply. Um, yeah. So. So hopefully today we can kind of take your corporate background mixed with the, the idea of a, of a second passion and bridge that gap for a lot of our listeners. So that's something I yeah. definitely hope to do today as well. Sounds good. So you've put together a list of a few pointers that will help our listeners determine the real value of their business, which is what we really want to dive into today. And it's something that a lot of tax offices don't know. You know, this started off as a side job. Maybe it's grown into something a little bit more. But without a corporate background, without a, a, a real you know, business background, it can be difficult to know what you're actually sitting on 
And without knowing what you're actually sitting on, difficult to take that next step. So hopefully today that's what we can go over, learn the actual value of your business, and then from there, how to increase your value and learn where to focus your efforts. Absolutely, um, yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the first point here, um, which is a business model. So I'll turn it over to you there to, to kind of explain exactly what we're looking at here. Okay. Uh, what's interesting is these points that I put together, I kind of had them uh, from, from the years of Refund Advantage, you know, the early years at Refund Advantage. You know, <clears throat> I was one of the founders. We started a company, uh, an RT program. And so I was a founder, had the title of president, but I was basically president of myself. That was, I was the call center, I was the sales guy. So <laughs> I, was, that was, I was everything. An all-star like, team, really. That's right, and which every everyone who starts company they know that they know exactly what that's like. And from those days, I you know those early years, I made personal friends with the heroes. I had some already, and uh, but built most of those relationships in those early years of Refund Advantage. Those individuals were calling me once we sold Refund Advantage, and and I had you know there was a certain amount of time I. Uh, after the sell that, you know, you have to stay to make sure that the buyer has fully understood what you developed before they run with what they think they want to do. Mm-hmm. And once they can fully understand what you developed, what you have, what the, what it is they bought, you know, they see it, see all the rooms of the house, so to say, they're good. They've got it and they know where they're going with it. And that's fantastic. And that's a good time to step away and so my era my tax professional friends were calling to say hey congrats uh you know you know someone had some choice words how you know why you get to stop working yada yada you know <laughs> so which was a lot of fun you know and being harassed and having those friendships but a lot of them those calls led into serious conversations and after a few of them that's when i began to write my my conversations down in the main points because mm-hmm. these were questions that eros always had of us throughout refund advantage and a lot of them were questions i couldn't dive into because my job was to make sure that the ancillary that rt program was dependable that was my job Mm -hmm. so i couldn't get too far into the weeds of what where this person individually with their company had frayed ends and didn't didn't you know have what they wanted to do Mm We're struggling with their business. And one of the most common ones, and I literally had this conversation uh, not many weeks ago, it was after leaving, but it was as the guy was talking to me, uh, what I heard was, again, where he was struggling with understanding what, what what he has now and what he should do next year. It was all about what should I do next year? Because it just, you know, again this year, I, the the revenue's not there. I'm not I'm not getting more clients, you know, and it's I think it's the tax software, I think it's the bank program didn't have big enough yada yada. There's all these things, mm-hmm. the IRS, there's all these things and those are true things. He wasn't off the mark. But part of it as I watch and Medi Rose, I found that those that fully know what their business model is, where the revenue is coming from, and what their customers like, how their customer likes to be served, and they create that model that serves that customer, everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. And to to keep a, to make a, a very simple example of this, uh, two two examples for an independent ERO, just two examples would be. Uh, one who is he wants a model where the no matter what what the taxpayer chooses there's an itemized charge for that model so there's those preparers who basically it's kind of like they charge per form and per service mm-hmm. and they have those itemizations and then there are those who simply charge by the hour in some places in America, the charge per form is not going to fly. You're going to you're going to spend half your work time arguing with a customer over how unfair it is that you're charging that for the form. Mm-hmm. And if you can find out that everybody, if you figure that out, and you're you happen to have an office and a and a business 
in a market that just gravitates and is in harmony with the hourly charge, right? That's a model switch. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, and and for that individual, that I think once he figures out where he is, he can he can disperse with you know I got I need to rechange my tool cabinet. I need to throw out all the current tools and bring in all new tools, or I need it's my staff. I need to fire all my current staff and bring in all new staff. I mean, there's there's things that it's impossible as a business owner to not feel and not think about and uh so i'm always suggesting to my friends look for the easy thing first because those are all big changes look for Mm -hmm. little changes and work those little changes to big results business model comprehension is is huge in my opinion absolutely yeah um and that's true too i think a lot of people again without having a professional business career to, to fall back on are, are yeah. more prone to make those big swinging changes. Hey, if this doesn't yeah. work, let me throw every single thing out and start brand new next year. <laughs> and then you're yeah. starting brand new. Then you're not really building on anything. You're not really growing anything, which is going to lead to no increase year over year, which I think is what we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And it, it, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, again. I had a partner, and he had he had a lot more uh, business background, and I had more just people background. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a lot of there's a lot of business mistakes I was able to forego because uh, his knowledge base. But there was some I had to to go through, and then there was all the heroes that that I. Like when we first started, there's a lot of euros that no one else would touch because they were brand new. And those are the ones that I would get mm-hmm. for refund advantage. And then I would get to watch them build their business. And then I would watch them, you know, make those, you know, those decisions of something doesn't seem right. So let me throw everything out as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, doing a baking comparison as opposed to, you know, changing it from a quarter teaspoon of salt to an eighth teaspoon of salt. You know, right. you know, they just let's throw it all out. And that's so. That's the, the, you know, an easy suggestion is the the mm-hmm. business model. And there's a lot of different things you can talk about. There's business models of, you know, do regardless of how many years you've had your business, are are you in a moment where you're like, what I need to do is grow, you know, or what I need to do is move, you know. There's, you know, I do I need to what what is it that's going on? What what really Right. What do you Where want to achieve you? with this? What do you want to achieve with it? And mm-hmm. that that always goes into all the same thinking. But knowing what you what do you have that works is probably the first key step. And if you feel like you got nothing that works, then you've got a business model problem. Right. And now determining what's working and what's not, I think a lot of people would use the metric of how much are you making, right? What's your revenue? Mm-hmm. Which kind of yes. takes us into the next point here, which is profit and loss. Yes. It, the the P and L, which is is uh, you know short for profit and loss, I'm, but uh, P and L is something that I learned through Refund Advantage and especially through the period where, um, you know, Refund Advantage is just you know skipping along. We're you know doing the best we can, and uh, probably you know we had it for ten years, so it was maybe five or six years into it that just people we'd never heard of before. Entities I'd never heard of just surfaced to say, "We'd like to buy you," and we thought, "What?" And for me, like to to my partner, my you know Alan Lodge and then the investment partners, which were the Boons, uh, Michael Boone and Associates. To them, it was very ah right. This is what, of course, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that happened to, happens at all. And so I for. Two or three years, every year, I would convince my partners to not sell because I'd say, I can make you that much money in another year. And Refund Advantage went on a massive growth campaign, and part of that was because I was scared to death they were going to sell it. Mm-hmm. And if they had sold it for those early offers, the percentage that I had, it, it, it just – I mean, it had been detrimental to, to me personally. So I – and besides the fact, I didn't foresee, like, well, what else would I do? I, I'd – I didn't have the confidence then to say, well, I could go spend a little time and see if I can pitch and 
hook a hook a song somewhere or I could just start another company. I, I just didn't have that kind of time behind me. I needed more time in the industry. And uh so those early years, that's you know, that's what I uh labored on with with uh refund advantages to keep us intact. But the P and L is the, the top of the conversation. And basically it's it's a short version of just saying if you could if you could look at your business, you know, like at the end of the day or at the end of the year and literally be able to say the business, you know, I'll just use easy numbers. The business every year revs a million dollars and and my annual cost is, you know, 750,000. Right? So it it has a million dollar rev and then it has a $250,000 net. Mm-hmm. So you so you got and then if you were talking to like you know like when it, when it comes along you know like for an ERO you've got all the national brands that might come in someday to say you know what you you found a good location and you have done well with this location and we would like to have this location and then mm-hmm. they start talking to you and when they start that conversation that's what you're going to need to know you're right. going to need to know what your business is worth. And for most heroes, I think they never get that conversation uh, because there's very few heroes I talked to that had that conversations. But there were some, like I had one hero who who built and sold his business three times. Wow. And and that is in the, the span of my period in the industry. So I first was in the industry in 1999. So between 1999 and and 2000, and I think his last sell was 12, 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he created, he started a site, his first was in Philadelphia. Then he, he uh, got a girlfriend, moved to, I think, up to Columbus, Ohio, started a company there, did the same thing, moved back to Philly, started another one there in a different location. Mm-hmm. It had been enough, more than enough time, you know, to... To where he could come back and do it again. It, so some really know know that process, and and uh, they they've got a niche for watching what they want. For, mm-hmm. for anyone else, like there's a lot of people like they never want to sell it. There's a lady that out of South uh, South Side of Chicago, and she wanted her kids to take it, and her kids never did anything with it. And then one of her granddaughters, not the oldest, not the first, not the last, just one of her granddaughters, one day said. I'd rather own my own business, Grandma. Mm-hmm. And, and Grandma's like, ta-da, here right. she is. And what I've been so, waiting for. Yes, and she handed that business to that that girl. Mm-hmm. Just handed it off to her and stayed mm-hmm. around. And so now I don't know what deal they worked out, but she doesn't care. And what she knew was was her P&L. She knew what her business revved, what it netted. Mm-hmm. And she knew she wanted at least one of those to go up every year. There's a lot of times you can get your revenue up and your net remains the same. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get your net up if you just change your pricing, right? <clears throat> but there's ways of playing with that. And the key key success, of course, is just simply more customers. Mm-hmm. That's right. But you want to know like, oh, if I increased my customers 3%, like you want to know, you want to be able to sit down and say, if I could increase my customers 2%, I'm going to increase my rev 1% and my net 3%. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I it, for every customer percentage, I increase my my net this percentage. When right. you know that about your business, then you know your P and L, and it's powerful. Yeah, and then you can start focusing your efforts on things that are going to grow, the numbers mm-hmm. that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and that's right. And everything, everything, every decision is easier because you get to that point where every decision is. Does this decision? Cost me money or make me money. One of my favorite uh, artists interviews is John Mellencamp. I know people hate him, and uh, I've 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 hoped and hoped that uh, someday he would call me and let me be his drummer for one tour. <laughs> but my the interview with him is uh, it's a story I've heard him tell repeatedly, and it's he talks about when he went to New York and he wanted to go to an art school in New York. So he goes up to New York to be in an art school, and he gets to the school. It's from Indiana. And he says, okay, this is the cost of the school. And he says, okay. And then he goes down the street to some A&R place and plays uh, one of his songs for them. And they say, we'd like to sign you and give you money. He said, so then I went home 
And I thought, the art school wants me to pay them money, and the record label wants to give me money. And he said he made his decision appropriately. He yeah. went with who wants to give him money. I think he we can always, all say that he made the right decision. There. He made the right <laughs> decision. And that's what will happen. That's where the Euros, you know, that that's where they want to get. They want to get to where every decision is. Does this actually make me more money? Do I know this makes me more money? Yeah. Right. And the, the risk in, involved in not knowing that is really you're just stabbing in the dark. That is it. That's a well said. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the next point that you brought up was a market analysis and, and kind of knowing where your market is and how to set yourself apart. Yeah, that that is always a, a really difficult one. And uh, again, it's the it's a it's sort of a key element. And there's there's ways there's multiple ways of doing it. One of the <clears throat> I, re- I referenced earlier uh, eros that no one else would touch, and then I picked them up and and watched them grow. And uh, there was a guy out of Atlanta, and he started there. He's been in tons of time. He's gone as far northeast, uh, you know, as Baltimore. He's gone as far north as uh, Chicago, Illinois, and uh, and there's some towns his model does great, and there's some towns his model did not do great, mm-hmm. and he's willing to accept that. But as he evaluated the town, he could tell, A, whether or not the town worked for his model. He didn't change his model because he knew it and he liked it. He, he evaluated towns or he evaluated areas of town. And mm-hmm. the first thing he did was evaluate areas of town. And so he spread around Atlanta, then he spread around Georgia, then so forth and so on. But your market, there's a couple of things immediately um, – it's literally where you are right now with your business. Like like any era, if any era listens to this, the first thing I'd say is, so think about where your office is today, mm-hmm. wherever you held it today. What else is around there? Because believe it or not, the tax refund is the largest payout for the vast majority of Americans. Mm-hmm. And when that payout happens, those Americans get to do the things that they have fantasized about doing all year. If they want to write songs, they're going to go buy a guitar mm-hmm. or they're going to go buy a keyboard. They're going to go buy a home recording session. If they, if they want to start their business, that's when they start it, that th- those moments. So as you're a tax preparer and you've got your office in, in a strip, well, what else is in the strip, right? Oh, is there, a, mm-hmm. is there a phone service company, right? You need to know your community. You need to know what's, what's available in your community, and help those individuals that you're serving as taxes. You want to help them receive that refund, and then and then make good choices and look for, you know, best deals. Any any kind of relationship you can build to help your customer mm-hmm. is you're you're helping the community, and then you you're helping your customer, and that establishes greater market knowledge. Then that's number one, so that you know immediate your immediate market. Mm-hmm. Number two is you got to drive to the next. You know, uh, zip code or the next block over. I mean, there's going to be tax professionals everywhere. Drive over. Who, who's got a line out the door? Why do mm-hmm. they have a line out the door? Right. You know, nothing draws attention that more like people. Nobody wants to go hang out at, and look at anything that's empty. They want to go hang out where there's a ton of people. You find a mm-hmm. little restaurant that doesn't have enough square footage and you'll see a waiting line. As soon as that restaurant triples its square footage, they die. Right. (laughs) There's attraction in people. If any other tax professional always has a line, what days do they have a line? And why do they have a line? Mm -hmm. How are they how are they getting that? What's the general feel of those individuals? What is it is there anything to prepare is doing? And you often can't get in a conversation in your immediate competitor, right? Because they can't tell you. But if you're in like a you know, you're in Atlanta, Georgia. You can have conversations with people in Chicago and in New York mm-hmm. and Orlando because they won't have to compete against you directly, unless they're part of a service bureau. Then, if they if they are a service bureau, then they've got offices everywhere. And, right. But you know, build those teamworks, build the market. So it's your your immediate market. Like who else is there that you could build a relationship with that is better serving to your customer, mm-hmm. and then. You go out beyond that, your competitors. 
Right. How are they pricing? Why are they pricing? What are they doing? Who looks like they're doing great and who looks like they've just dropped the ball? I can tell you as, with RTs, like I knew all my competitors. I'm, I've got friends at TPG. I had, I had friends at uh, Republic Bank, River mm-hmm. City Bank, you know, people at Refundo. Like we, every, everyone knows everyone. Right. It's a very small industry. Small industry, and we can all shake hands and and, uh, and have some laughs, and then we go back to our corners and we come out fighting every January. It's just mm-hmm. what we do, and we enjoy it. That's great. Um, knowing knowing that competitor, what what one of the well, what I was going to say is one of the running jokes uh, with the RT programs is one of us is going to drop the ball, and everybody else is going to fight to pick it up. Right, and everybody has their turn. And where and when in the year they drop the ball. And uh, so when you know your competitors, you'll you'll know who has had a drop the ball moment. Mm-hmm. And it's up to them to figure out how to survive. It's a it's a dog eat dog world and go out there and get that business. Right. And you gotta be looking for it too. It's not just gonna fall in your lap, that ball when it drops. You know, your That's competitor right. is gonna be doing everything they can to cover up that drop and make to sure cover up the sees drop. it. <laughs> and so another competitor Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll be some other competitor you've never heard of who's also trying to pick that ball up and run with it. Exactly, yeah. And that's good, too, because you you want to take a look at, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities between Atlanta, Georgia, and Chicago, Illinois. And if you can bridge that gap and, and see what's working in Chicago, why is it working? What aspect of that market is it appealing to? Do you have that market? You know, so yes. you can, you can yeah. steal their tricks, like you said, without being a competitor to them. You can still mm-hmm. steal their tricks and see, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I do see the guy down the streets doing that, and he has a line outside. So if I do this, but I tweak this, I can do it even better. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, and it's, you know, when I mentioned those big towns, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of euros, like in this part of, a, of, if they're listening, they would think, okay, I get it. They're still talking about big town euros. So click, they turn off. One of the last conversations I had, last friend I made, um, was just in the fall of 20, I think it was fall of 2017. It may have been 2016 because when your book, of, when you the business you do is annually, it's, it, you know, it's crazy. I, I began to feel like a turtle. I was, everything moves so slow that the rest of the world moves really fast. Mm-hmm. And so I can't remember one year to the next, but it was fall 16 if it wasn't 17. And she was an urban office. Mm-hmm. And she, too, was passing it on to a granddaughter. And she came to talk to And I, when she came to talk to me, what she wanted to talk about was a program that we had uh, tested at Refund Advantage that just didn't have. It was fall of 2017. Knowing, knowing what program went away, I know exactly what year it was. This fall. And that program left, and she liked that program. And she came to eat the refund advantage team alive for making this <laughs> ridiculous decision to end this this program. And she said, I want to know what idiot is responsible for it. So she could rip him up to shred. And I said, that'd be me. <laughs> and so she Brave proceeded. Man. And she <laughs> she proceeded where it's like, well, I knew what I was going to get. You, you know, there's nothing to fear. And 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 all it, you know, all it required was an apology, you know, Sorry, you understand. Business is business, and mm-hmm. I told her what the percentages were like, and the cost is no less. You know, you're doing the same work; you just don't make any money at it. And there was no interest. I wasn't growing the business, and I wasn't picking up people that had not yet tried RTs, and mm-hmm. so it just wasn't working. And so we vacated the model. And so then she's like, "Well, what am I to do? What am I to do?" And we started talking, and I just asked her. You know, why, you know, just go to RTs, just go to the, you know, the, in terms of RT models, there's basically two types. There's the one that the taxpayer pays for. That's been around since 92, I guess. And then there's the RT program where the Euro pays for it. And so basically she was in the one where the R, the Euro paid for the RT and, and what refund advantage had left was the regular one. And so her first choice was, you know, screw refund advantage. I'm gone. And I loved you guys. You guys were great, but mm-hmm. I'm gone. You make a decision like that. And I said, that's fair enough. I expect to lose you. I said, now, can you blame me if I work to keep you? If I'd pursue you and try and convince you to stay? She's like, no, I don't. I wouldn't blame you. I said, okay, I appreciate the opportunity. And then we began talking. I gave her suggestions of, of uh, the programs that existed that 
had uh, where the euro would pay. So it was like a program she was used to and where she'd have to go. And she would have without leaving the tax software that she was in because mm-hmm. that's too big of a change. So she could remain in the tax software and still get the program she wanted. And here's where she'd have to go to get it. And <clears throat> so I, I gave her all that information and, and introduced her to someone she needed to talk to and said, you know, you, you'll probably get her business, but I'm going to do what I can to keep her business. So you know, hats off, I'll see you in the middle of the ring. And um, talked to her, talked her into it. And what the way I kept her, the what talked her into it was literally she just didn't realize. For the programs that the Euros pay for so far, uh, and, and as far as I know, at least the one we had, it didn't it wasn't a program that supported much of the ancillary products. Mm-hmm. What ancillary products? Ancillary products like, you know, loans or, uh, you know, the credit securities or the, the ID securities or there's, mm-hmm. there's a ton of different things out there. Le- legal, you know, you know, by medical there. I mean, mm-hmm. right. And that's a good thing because if, if the tax refund is the largest payout to most of these individuals and these, this is, you know, especially when you think of earned income credit money, it, if they could really em- employ those dollars to, safeguard their daily life like like so many of us have you know like you know rock solid health insurance mm-hmm. that's that's a heck of a good deal that's a good spin that's a good choice for that consumer as opposed to just saying well i want it i want to liquefy it so it's cash i don't care how much it costs to liquefy it and i'm going to you know buy what i want from walmart mm-hmm. you know right that's you know yeah, who doesn't want to go to Walmart and spend three thousand dollars? I can't go into the place without spending three hundred. Right. You know, when I go in there for batteries, so and you course, walk out without batteries too. And I, and I normally <laughs> every have, <that's> time. Right. <laughs> so uh, diversification uh, again with her. She hadn't thought of this, and she was adamantly opposed to ancillary products. Why? Because she was an urban, and she was like, "These offices, no." You're talking about inner city offices, Carrie, mm-hmm. and see that's what you don't know. And I thought, well, and I said, so t- tell me about your town. And it was just like any other town, much like the mm-hmm. you know. T- it sounded like uh, one of the ancillary towns outside the tiny town I grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know, something that didn't ever have uh, you know some sort of explosion industry. So basically, doing an analysis of the market, just looking at her market. And as she was, t- I said, is there a Jackson Hewitt in your town? Well, yeah, there's a Jackson Hewitt. There's an H&R Block. Oh, oh. And I turned to the granddaughter, and I was like, so when did you start helping? She goes, uh, a few years ago, and the girl was 20 or 21. I said, now, how many of your friends have come in for your services? I said, oh, no, none. None of my friends. No, I don't have any. I said, how many, how many people your age have come in to use your services? Oh, none. None. I said, so when are you taking over this business? She goes, well, I'm working on it right now. And I was like, but you're not getting anybody your age. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's the average age of your client? And she said, I don't know. And I looked to grandma and said, what's the average age of your client? And she had a guess. You know, it's like 55 or 60, something like that. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay. I said, so (laughs) you can see there's, there's an end there coming. Right. You you need to know your market. And I was like, where are all the kids your age going? And she was like, well, they're DIY or they're going to Jackson Hewitt. And I was like, and why would they go to Jackson Hewitt? Well, Jackson Hewitt has those crazy loans they could get. Mm-hmm. And I look back at Grandma like, I didn't think anybody in your town wanted loans. Right. <laughs> and Grandma was like, I stand corrected. And mm-hmm. I said, well, thank you for the time to just listen to me. Right. And she, she checked it out, and I said, here's what you want to do your first year. You want to go with RTs. This is my opinion. You go, you stick with Refund Advantage because you know the people. You know who you can get, you know, you, whose neck you can get a hold of, <laughs> right? Right? That's you, you, who can I wring their neck? So you got that Refund Advantage because you got mm-hmm. friends there. Okay. You know you'll have RTs. You just tell the customers, here's the price. That's what it is. And you put up a poster that says loans. 
if anyone calls and says, hey, do you have loans? Hey, I can get you one. Are you sure you need one? I mean, mm-hmm. why take one? Do all that. If you hate them, talk them out of it. Right, but at least Go have the conversation. It. But have a conversation and don't have them say, well, if you don't have it, then I'm going down the street to Jackson Hewitt. Right. Not to take anything from Jackson Hewitt, H&R Block, those national mm-hmm. chains know what they're doing. And, and I personally – began from the one euro I had, began to look for euros who were looking for the escape route. And I'd say, have you ever thought about lining yourself up with a three-year or five-year plan so that you can sell this thing to a national brand? Mm -hmm. And they said, no. And I'd say, why why don't we work on that? Let's just sketch out some ideas. By using some of these points, too. By using these points. And now I have have one question that that I demand an answer to. Where are all these grandmothers... Handing these businesses to their grandkids, I, I didn't get that. <laughs> I could have used one of those. <laughs> I know I had two. Yeah, left a little wanting yeah. there. <laughs> I should have asked if if they were up for adopting anybody, and then tried to beat the grandchild out. But <laughs> absolutely, yeah. You want to take a, a fresh thirty year old man? I'll, I'll be your grandson. <laughs> That's right. I'll let you know if I find someone looking to adopt. Right. <laughs> so, but one thing you did talk about was diversification. Um, and, and, and analyzing different products and deciding which one's the right one for your market, which, you know, and moving forward, we've, we've now analyzed. So you don't want to take the first one. So talk to me a little bit about that. That is an, uh, that's an excellent question because you don't, you don't want to take just the first one because it's here and you don't want to take them all. And so there, anything that takes your eye off of what you do. So you are a tax professional. That, that's your core book of business. And the people are coming to you because you can do better with completing their return and filing their return than they can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can replace all the windows in my own house, but I could, I could use GarageBand and record all my songs, but I don't. I go to a studio. It costs money. Mm-hmm. It takes time. I get it. You, you, there's certain things you, you want to know yourself and you want to know um, – what you should do and the and customers are out there and they will come to to you the the taxpayer will come to you mm-hmm. it's the flash and the convenience that is driving taxpayers to other sites or to other locations and that's where the ancillary comes in so mm-hmm. that you are as flashy and as convenient as anything else or you, and it gives you the opportunity to show and I'm better at this like I've completely eliminated the headache or I've I've found uh, fundable credits that you weren't even aware of and you didn't manage to answer the questions correctly so the DIY site didn't find it or it's it's specific to the state I mean I, there's there's just reasons that a tax professional can beat a, a DIY site mm-hmm. that, period so the ancillary when it comes to choosing the ancillary, uh, the first thing again is a review of your your current customer, and knowing what knowing your customers and what they tend what they're already migrating towards or what they're looking for. You know, are are they um, are they horrified? Like, what what percentage of them talks to you? Like, you have to remember, or you know, like what do they talk to you about? Do they mm-hmm. talk about fear of identity theft? Do they, you know? There, so you want to know those things as mm-hmm. best you can. Problems you they're having that you can solve. That you can solve through adding this ancillary service. That's mm-hmm. exactly correct. If you don't have all those notes, you're not quite sure yet, then it's a little bit, you know, you could, you should, a little bit of a shot in the dark. But the flip side is the decision's easier. You just simply go, okay, which one looks to be to bring the greatest gain? Mm-hmm. And the greatest gain is not going to be what the ancillary kicks back. If there's a kickback, the greatest gain is does it drive people to your office or at least keep those who want to come to you coming back? Mm-hmm. That's the key thing. And Which, so that's to go where, back to, you can look at your profit and loss and see if yeah. it's working. Yes. At the end of the year, you'll know whether or not adding that added people or at least added revenue. Mm-hmm. But uh, RTs is a very, they actually open the door to a lot of options for the consumer. And and how is that so? 
Well, number one, a lot of the consumers is and less less now maybe, but for a long time, a lot of a lot of the reasons for uh, what taxpayers didn't like was that direct contact with the IRS. The IRS, is, if you've noticed, has been laboring over the past 8, 12 years to become friendlier. The IRS stopped, has stopped referring to people as taxpayers and is referring to them as, as customers. <laughs> Acknowledging that they are living human beings. <laughs> right. That's right. They're making the effort to make them less scary to the taxpayer. Well, there's no reason to be afraid of them unless you've been, as a taxpayer, been trying to, you know, double dip not and not pay in your share. Well, then you probably ought to sit on pins and needles a little bit. But everybody else, there's, there's not much to be afraid of. So I think that's another reason why the DIYs have been picking up. But back to your old trying to choose the ancillary. As you serve the filing of the refund, if you can serve I'm sorry, filing of the return, you can serve in the delivery of the refund. There, there's, it's such a hand-in-hand thing. The RT is so hand-in-hand. Now, granted, this is coming from a guy that did RTs, owned an RT. I mean, this is what I know the best. So with a grain of salt. Yeah, acknowledging opinion, the bias. <laughs> uh, acknowledge the bias. But in my opinion, it's a great, great ancillary because you immediately, like, what about what about the people that don't have a bank account? Mm-hmm. Well, you can literally give them a card. You can be the thing that gets their refund back to you. They didn't have to pay out of their pocket. If they wanted to pay out of their pocket, they could pay out of their pocket. But these are luxuries that they otherwise did not have. Mm-hmm. If you go to most self-file sites and complete your return at the end of it, you're asked, do you want to give me a credit card to pay for this? Or do you want me to just get it out of the refund? That's what the self-file site will ask, the mm-hmm. filer. I know there's new filing things where it says, look, if you'll give me all your information, I won't charge you anything. I know that exists as a model as well. But mm-hmm. personally, I would never choose that because I can't I can't stand the amount of junk mail I get already. But, right. you know, we're not talking about us. We're talking about our customers. So for the Eros, adding an RT is a very easy one to find. And there are... The, the group, the companies that are out there are excellent at them and they're all excellent at them. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, refund advantage. When I own refund advantage, it, it, our, our, our RTs weren't better than the next guy's RTs. They were an RT. Mm-hmm. It's everything else that, that you package around it and, and the service and how well the, the, the staff is reaching out to you to make sure you are successful with mm-hmm. that that ancillary. And that's what you're going. That's what you're going to find. I think. And what happens is once you have RTs, well, the RTs will open up the opportunity for other ancillaries. Why is that? Because again, the taxpayer doesn't have to pay you immediately. Mm-hmm. They can say, you know what, I would like to buy health insurance today, or some sort of health thing. I would like to buy that today, mm-hmm. and I would like to use my my tax refund to buy it because I've got three thousand dollars coming. You know, it's probably the average refund in twenty eighteen, and I, I should spend some of that to make sure I have some sort of health coverage mm-hmm. for the remainder of twenty eighteen until mm-hmm. my refund of twenty nineteen. That's a great, great service to offer. Mm-hmm. Find RTs. a problem and solve it. Just just like yeah. any business like effort, any business is is so, find the problem they're having and solve it. And the basic you know, principle of an RT is to delay the payment of the prep fees. That's a problem for some people. Some people just don't have the money now. And that's part of what you're solving there, even at the most basic function. That's right. And there, you know, there are naysayers uh, that, you know, we had to deal with that wanted to say that there was the only purpose of the RT was for uh, delaying the payment. And it's a fake, it's a false statement. Mm-hmm. It's useful if you are anti RTs, and you know I don't I don't really know other than uh, politicians or so, someone with a purpose to you know the, an, an alternative purpose. I, I've not had in all those years. I've never met a taxpayer that felt like the RT was some sort of big ripoff. Mm-hmm. Never, and and I'm willing to face it. It doesn't frighten me to face someone saying, you know, I didn't like, I, I get people that say, 
uh, I chose the card program you offered. And I got the card, and the card didn't function as I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And I changed the accent. Normally, the, the way the statement is, the card didn't function the way I expected it to. Right. Right. But if you change the accent, it was truly it didn't, expo- it didn't function as I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And I'd always say, well, how did you expect it to function? Well, I thought it'd be easy. <laughs> and, then, and then it opens up these other questions. Normally what it is is they get cards and they panic about the use of cards and then they over-labor in safeguarding the cards and they end up getting themselves locked out of their own card. Mm-hmm. Much like I do with all the social social media things. I all the millions remember. of passwords and stuff, yeah. Yes, I, and, I, and that's that's the best example when trying to solve someone's card problem, at least for me. Is But that's a digression. It, it Again, I think for Nero, who has not yet digressed, or not digressed, has not yet uh, added diversifying their business for the purpose of maintaining book of business number of taxpayers or growing number of taxpayers, RT is the, is the place to start. And you can always start your diversion the first year without – you don't have to sell it. Let mm-hmm. their posters sell their product. Mm-hmm. Your purpose is not to sell the product. Your purpose is to do the tax return. Let the company's marketing sell the product. Hang it up behind you. Put it in front of you. The, let the taxpayer find it and let them ask. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be pushing products anyway. So just keep your – it's an easy thing. And RT is one they should definitely consider. For sure. Now, to change gears a little bit, um, the next point that you wanted to talk about was budgeting. Um, and I think yes. with, with our industry, it's so, it's so cyclical, you know, you really only, you have this short window of time to make all your money. Uh, and in the same way that we're talking about taxpayers having, you know, this is the biggest payout of the year for them. A lot of times for EROs, this is the biggest payout of the year for them as well. So, mm-hmm. so budgeting that in the same way that you, you know, you want to spend that money on something good to help you for the next year. Um, you know, how, how does that really affect our EROs? Do you think? There, it's. Uh, I think budgeting is is critical, and and I and everything that I that uh, that I witness, my mind starts thinking about the about budget. Mm-hmm. For refund advantage, and I've, I'll give you two examples. I'll give refund advantage, and I'll give you music. Mm-hmm. And refund advantage, as we first started, um, we we. Well, we knew year over year, since we had uh, basically what the the, the key the one like one of the key things for refund advantage was our own check cash check printing software. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody else had to wait for the bank to send a file to the tax software and then use their tax software to print the checks, and that relay, albeit not that much slower, had a relay, so it had potential for you know, slowing down or having other uh, technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. So that's what we played on. All of my ex, all my old competitors know this. So if they ever if they if they listen to this and they see me, they can kick me in the shins. But that was <laughs> one. Worry. Nobody listens one, to this at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that was our angle of push. That was our angle of win. Was that was that check printing software? Mm-hmm. Here's what we knew. There was all sorts of stuff on the back end of our software that A, would make it run a little faster and B, eliminate headaches for us, me and my partner. We would find things every year that we're like, crap, why doesn't it do this? Because then we wouldn't have any of this headache Mm -hmm. that we have to do. You know, the phones finally turn off at... 11 o'clock and it's like okay let's get to work we got to clean this crap up before tomorrow morning because it's gonna phones will turn on and they'll light up mm-hmm. there's all those ideas we never built those ideas we spent all of our money on what would the client see that would make them think oh that's better for me mm-hmm. and that was because of budget we refused to spend money on what made our lives easier we spent money on what made the customer, for us, the ERO, more excited. 
Mm-hmm. One of the first things we built, like one of the things we had was, uh, if you have checks, you have to have a VRU system. If you don't have a VRU system, the check cashers can't cash them as quickly, and and your competitors know this, and they'll mm-hmm. eat your lunch over it, right? So you're an RT program. Step up and on up. You get, you better have a VRU. You better have a way that check cashers across America can cash their checks fast. They can mm-hmm. find out that they can trust that check. That, okay. You buy the VRU system. You, what you find out is you have, you know, uh, this v- this huge system with all its capacity, and it's hardly being used. Bling, mm-hmm. bling, just little bits. You can't you can't get a cheaper price. It costs you what it costs you. But that was important because if checks aren't getting cash, where does the taxpayer go? Back to the euro. Now the euro is stopping doing the next return to talk about the person he did the return two weeks ago. Right, you're creating problems to, for your customers. Right. And it's all about eliminating those problems. And that's what the ERO wants to do. When it comes to budgeting, be honest. Like, this is what I can spend. Hold yourself to that. Mm -hmm. And when you go to spend, just think, again, is this going to make my life better or is this going to make my customer's life better? Mm -hmm. If you make the customer's life better, they're going to notice it. Mm -hmm. And if you can do both, that's a bonus too. If you can do both, now you're really cooking. (laughs) And the other thing in budgeting that that uh, I've eros I would meet eros that had not they didn't have it in their budget they didn't have the disaster money set aside and the disaster money is the when you get that customer who can find like something goes wrong and everything goes wrong and they're going to tell the world. They're going to tell their Facebook world. They're going to tell all their neighbors. They're going to walk up and down the street. It's going to be nonstop. Mm-hmm. Everyone is going to hear about this problem, and this problem is your fault. That's what they're going to hear. Mm-hmm. And nine times, 99 times out of 100, that person is suffering some easy thing. Mm-hmm. Some low cost thing, and if that euro, the the smart ones, and I've, the the ones who've already experienced, I shouldn't say smart, that's unfair. The ones with the experience who've already experienced this, they have that in their budget. Mm-hmm. They already assume, you know, like if my my expectation of revenue is X, right, and I'm going to don't I'm going to set aside 10% of X for those consumers who are going to be loud and crazy to mm-hmm. say. I totally see what you're saying. I am sorry. You should not have suffered this. I'm going to write you a check right now right. to pay you back your prep fee. Mm-hmm. I want your business. I want your business. I want I want your friends. I want you here every year. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not what you need. You don't deserve this. I appreciate your patience. Now you've gone. You've got a person who has been heard, has been recognized. That you didn't debate the problem. Right, and mm-hmm. they've been satisfied. Now, if they come back next year and find a new problem, and they're always the problem, then that's the person that you want to say, you know, I, I, man, I, I just think I think we're better off going other ways, mm-hmm. and that's the last time they get to eat the ten percent. Right, <laughs> right, and, and you, I, I've you heard a real, I've heard a real good study, and and I've I've referenced it before, but I, it just it's so relevant here, which is that customers are more loyal to a brand after they've had a problem and it's been handled well, as opposed to loyalty to a brand if they've just never had a problem. So these, op- these are, you know, when a customer comes in here, these are opportunities. You set that 10% aside, that's not just to shut up somebody because they're in your office causing a big scene. That's an opportunity to create a loyal customer, A, but B, also someone who is going to go sing your praises from the rooftops tell their friends, bring in more revenue. So maybe you spend that $300, $400 on prep fees to pay them back. They'll bring in five or six more people. Well, that that was worth it. You that know, consider it. that marketing. That was worth it. That is that is spot on, I am, because the, like the ones that I know that have that in their budget, again, they budget for that type of disaster. They, they, have, they, they feed out of that 10%. Mm-hmm. Every angry person, no, even if it has nothing to do with them, they did nothing wrong. They could easily prove they did nothing wrong. Sure, what in a court of law? I wonder how much that's going to cost you. Right, right. It's 
it's just not worth it. What What is it you're doing? You're just doing tax returns mm-hmm. as many as you can in a short amount of time to make that revenue. Keep keep on that. Mm-hmm. And, don't let emotions and, get into it. Yeah, and, and, and so when you budget for that type of, those types of strange disasters, again, it's the opportunity, like you said, to, to create a fan versus an enemy. Mm-hmm. Plus, it normally ends it fast. Yep. It takes care of it. It's, it's just such a good you know, mom-and-pop shop um, way to go. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine the chains might even be the same, but I, I, don't, I don't know the national chains, uh, you know inside like how their thinking is but i know for mom and pop shops people people go to mom and pops you know the independents because you know they want that relationship mm-hmm. and they got to feel it so it's a great so again budget talking about budget know what you can spend know what you're you know and spend that stay within there make sure you're putting those dollars where they're going to make dollars and then always set aside and to me keep part of that budget for next year like literally look no I don't want to be scrambling for money next January and February. Mm-hmm. So that's part of today's budget. It's it's you know, yay, May 31st, you know, finally June, a little bit of rest time. That how much money what did you net? Mm-hmm. Better better put some of that back cuz you're going to need it next year. Just always always that anticipation of future. Absolutely. Yeah, with with a longer look down the road, not just yeah. oh, this this guy in my office is is making me upset, so I'm going to try and stick it to him. Well, take a step back, look at what's yeah. actually happening. You got other customers that are seeing this upset guy, you know, quiet him as soon as possible. He's taken away from your ability to prepare more tax returns, which is really generating your revenue. Mm-hmm. And then that step even further is, is you need him long-term and you need his friends long-term uh, yeah. to keep your business going throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now we've gone over all these points. And the last point you wanted to touch on, I think is an important one for people to remember as well. And that is keeping the exit sign in sight. So having an end goal. So can you talk to me about that a little bit? Yeah, that, that gets back to the, you know, that whole thing, like the, the grandmothers wanting to hand it off to their children or to a grandchild. Mm-hmm. Um, or those who, you know, are want to, they consciously have already, decided I, I want to do this some want to get out when they know that the, when they feel that their business is at, at, at a peak time mm-hmm. you know so that they can get the t- best dollar for it some just say yeah I'm going to let go of my office this year you know I'm going to do this until I'm 62 or 65 mm-hmm. The ones that just say there, there's literally some heroes that just said, "I know, I've, I've never thought about when it will end." <laughs> I say, "Well, you need to start thinking about that because it'll sneak up on you, mm-hmm. you know, and and you're gonna you're gonna want to, to to have that that moment to be able to say, "Done and done, I did good there," right? Mm-hmm. You, you you deserve that moment. You've owned a business. You started a business. You deserve the moment to say, here you are, family member. It's now yours. And you're going to do better with it than I did. You mm-hmm. de- you deserve that moment to say, here you go, and I did good there. Mm-hmm. You deserve that moment to sell it to a national brand, to say, wow, I did good there. You deserve that moment to say, you know what? I'm retiring, everyone. The doors closed this year. And celebrate that retirement. Mm-hmm. You, you deserve no matter what it is, you want to think about what is that end goal? Where, where does it? Where does this company go? And there, every euro I, I would speak to, you know, there's some who are just starting. There's some that just do it part time. They never thought about it. You know, there's some that every year they're like, you know, I think this year is my last year. And it's always a running joke. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds sounds like all the musicians I know. Every gig's the last gig. So. Developing what I would, what I had begun over the years to talk to heroes about was, again, when you're talking about knowing your P and L, and you're talking about, you know, you're budgeting now, and you're thinking about where do I place my dollars. The very next conscious thought is, how do I want to close this thing? How do I want to end it? Mm-hmm. And that's what I refer to as the exit ramp. Know when and how to get out. It's it, it's it's a super empowering thought. It's a it's a it's a wonderful 
thought and mm-hmm. and it should be on there and it gives you something to it it puts energy behind your decisions for next year mm-hmm. you know because you know you know this is how many years i got five more i got 10 more years this this is and and this is what i'm going to do with it in these 10 years right and you I, can reverse gonna, engineer that goal yes yeah so that that's really what i mean by that that know the exit ramp no and and literally you, you need to have one i mean there's the the super ones where it's i'm going to hand it off to my family i'm going to sell it to a national brand or i'm just going to have the thrill of shutting it down and 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 celebrating mm-hmm. and, and thanking the customers that i had all these years you know that, that's fan then there's the 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 unexpected like what what might go wrong what what might happen when you least expect it and you want to think about that you want to think about you know if if i have to close this thing before then or i have to, i have to personally vacate from this what what am i looking for what's my challenges there and then mm-hmm. again getting back to where we started the better you have that that pnl and those values in your head the better you're going to do in that moment whether it's the moment you planned for all along or it's a surprise you know unexpected unfair life attack mm-hmm. that you have to survive through the better you're prepared you, you can handle that right. and maybe that yeah. exit signs the front door and maybe that exit sign is the emergency exit out the back <laughs> but either way know how to get there that is correct that's right know how to get there <laughs> that's awesome you're really good at analogies that's all yeah, appreciate that <laughs> so i mean that, that's really those are six excellent points that I think a lot of people don't really consider. You know, they, we've talked about it in other episodes. People kind of stumble into this industry and, and they end up enjoying it. And, you know, I know that's how I got in there. It's how a lot of people got in. And at some point, if you're going to take this seriously, you need to have these real discussions. So, I mean, thank you for, for bringing all this to us with your level of professionalism and, and your business understanding. You know, obviously that's at a level that, you know, I don't have, I, I know a lot of people don't have. So these are good ways to review yourself, figure out what you really want, and then reverse engineer how to get there. So I, you know, thank yeah. you for, for sharing this with all of our listeners. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I, I'm um, excited to do it. You know, I'm very thankful for what the industry has given me. And, and it's, it's a real difficult industry to to walk away from i mean it it uh, i really do think that once people get into it and and they understand it if they can get into it and survive it that it's they you get almost addicted to that kind of annual fever that mm-hmm. that that just extreme pressure cook situation and so that's you know it's hard for me to walk away from number one and number two i'm just so grateful uh to the friends that uh, that I've made the customers that I've had and then the peers and friends and even the competitors. I mean, competitors make you better. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just so grateful for it that I, I want to give back and I especially want to give back to the heroes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so, you know, taking their calls. I think I'm going to attend, you know, one of the trade shows, uh, probably Orlando. It's an easy one to get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get some dinners there with friends and just sort of hang around, uh, but that's you know that's the least I can do with this during this period is mm-hmm. is just help with those kind of questions you know so absolutely so Carrie's buying dinner for everybody in Orlando put that in your calendar <laughs> now if people want to get in touch Taco with you Bell. right 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 exactly dollar menu everybody <laughs> if if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that i know you gave out your your music facebook page and that information is that the best way or, or is there something else they can do to to kind of get in touch with you and pick your brain um probably i mean that's a that's a great way you know uh but the of course i have the linkedin page that i still have going on and there's you know a lot of people that are reaching out through there i, I, I get uh almost daily messages through the LinkedIn thing. And so that's, I, I've checked that. Uh, for me, I check it all the time, but mm-hmm. there you go. Again, I'm, you know, a little bit older and slower on the social media, but hopefully I'll speed up. Hopefully I'll get better at it. Absolutely. Well, you got the time now. So this that's is it. right. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, Carrie, thank you so much. I really, you brought a lot of value to our listeners and, and I appreciate it. I know they do as well. Awesome. Well, it is my pleasure. And I, and again, thank you very much. I think what you're doing is super cool. It's a, it's a great, um, you're really triggering a new direction. And uh, it, I think it's awesome that you're doing this. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. I'll see you. See you, Carrie. All right, guys, that was an awesome chat with my friend, Kerry. He definitely knows his stuff, and I learned a lot, and I hope you did too. As we talk about all the time, a lot of us stumbled into this line of work, and that might mean we don't have the professional background to think this way. Hopefully, you can now look at your business in a new light, focus your growth efforts more effectively, and with bigger reward. Now, if anybody wants to get in touch with the show, with any questions whatsoever, you can email us at taxindustrytalk at gmail.com. Or you can find us on all social media at Tax Industry Talk. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review on the iTunes store or write a little review. It might seem like a little thing, but it's really, really helpful and really, really appreciate it. Now, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.